The Lord be with you. A reading from the conclusion of the Holy Gospel according to Mark. Jesus said to his disciples, Go into the whole world and proclaim the gospel to every creature. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. Whoever does not believe will be condemned. These signs will accompany those who believe. In my name they will drive out demons. They will speak new languages. They will pick up serpents with their hands. And if they drink any deadly thing, it will not harm them. They will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. So then the Lord Jesus, after he spoke to them, was taken up into heaven and took his seat at the right hand of God. But they went forth and preached everywhere, while the Lord worked with them and confirmed through the word, confirmed the word through accompanying signs. The Gospel of the Lord. Today we celebrate the Feast of the Ascension of our Lord, which, as we've heard in the readings, is the day when he was taken up into heaven. And this is one of those mysteries that I would love to have been there for, because as always, I have questions. Did our Lord shoot up into the sky like Superman? Was it more like a little elevator ride where he kind of casually, little by little, went up and he was able to talk to the disciples as he was leaving, giving a final word of consolation as he was kind of gently being lifted up? Not that there's much great theological difficulty in discerning these things or uh, much fruit necessarily, but in a small way, I think it would be the latter if we had to choose. That our blessed Lord probably ascended more in elevator or escalator mode than a Superman shooting off into the heavens. And I say this because of exactly what's taking place, that he is ascending that he's being presently seen in the sight of his apostles. This, too, is part of the witness, part of the mystery. But at the same time, there would be great joy and rejoicing at this occasion. Our Lord would desire that his apostles would be filled with a holy joy at his departure. Not long before... He spoke to them and he said, It is better for you that I go. If I do not go, I cannot send you the Holy Spirit. Certainly there would be sadness at this transition in their experience. Much as many parents these days, as their high schoolers are graduating, they experience a touch of sadness, but also great joy. A new change, something new happening in life. But also, as always, when there's an end, there's sadness there too. Sadness at our Lord leaving in the manner that they had been with him all along, but certainly exultant joy for what is taking place. By this point, the apostles are starting to figure some things out. They don't know everything. Certainly, there are still things that are a bit confusing to them. But as our Lord spoke toward the end of his earthly life, he, say, he, he was speaking. He says, one day I will speak to you clearly, not in parables. And there's a, there comes a point in, in the gospel where the apostle, one of the apostles, interestingly, he says that. He says, ah, now you're speaking clearly. You said you would. It's happened. We finally understand. You're starting to make sense to us. And especially after our Lord's resurrection, 
Our Lord would not want to leave his disciples and have them all simply kind of dilly-dallying around, wondering and kind of questioning to themselves within their hearts, what do we do now? He spends 40 days with them, appearing to them, continuing to eat with them, continuing to be in their presence, to speak to them about all the things that have taken place, explaining all of the mysteries to them, encouraging them, enlightening them, so that when he goes, they will be fully prepared, because at that point, they will have the Holy Spirit to guide them, and indeed, he will lead them to all truth, as our Lord promises. But they will not have Jesus to say, hey guys, go do X, Y, and Z, or here's what I meant. There will be a different voice. He leaves the apostles fully prepared for their mission to be the infant church and to share that infant church with the world. And as they begin to understand all of these things, they are filled with joy. Truly, the Lord goes up with joy. The fact is, part of the rejoicing is that great things are now to be done. Our Lord tells the apostles and the disciples elsewhere in the Gospels, they're, they're marveling at the things that he is doing. And he says, there will be a day where you will do greater things than this. Imagine that. Imagine being told by our Lord, you're going to be doing greater things than this. And what does Jesus do? Cast out demons, make people be able to, you know, to, to miraculously heal uh, people with lifelong infirmities, uh, to be able to raise up the dead. What happens greater than that? The salvation of the soul. This is what happened that is greater than these things. Because so much of what our blessed Lord does were physical things. They spoke spiritual realities, and certainly he was offering the forgiveness of sins. But as our Lord ascends into heaven, the apostles know that the mission is beginning just then. Just now begins the full story of the church. Our Lord goes up into heaven, and there he sits upon his throne, the great King of kings and Lord of lords. And he rejoices to guide his church, to go out to all the world, not to stay in a single kind of localized place, uh, you know, uh, uh, basically the, the suburbs of Jerusalem and a few surrounding areas, rather to go out to the whole world, to go and to do these radical things that will bring about the salvation of numerous souls. Many will be saved by the good news that they receive and enter into glory. This is part of the profound joy of the apostles is they know that it's finally happening. It's finally beginning. They've been entrusted with the keys. They've been entrusted with the promises of our Lord. And now they get to simply go and to do the things that they've been preparing for for years. We know this unique joy in many ways. Anyone who's ever worked or prepared for a, for a job or, or you know, even in the dating life, looking forward to preparing for the wedding, when the wedding happens and you get to live merry life, there's a certain joy there. It happened. We're here. Now we get to live this thing. And this is the joy of the apostles. After much preparation, the joy of being able to live the reality of the church. An extra joy is the fact 
of what the prayers of the Mass speak to us today. That where the head has gone, the body is called to follow. First, the mystery of the fact that the head has gone before us, the head who has taken on our flesh. And in reality, the simple fact is that our Lord, in taking on our flesh and becoming incarnate, he unites humanity, all of us, to himself in a mysterious way. He becomes one like all of us. And so our Lord ascending into heaven is our first sweet joy that knowing that our humanity, the stuff that makes us human, is already in heaven. A source of tremendous hope. Our Lord doesn't slough off his body once he gets off into the sky to become pure spirit once more. He keeps his flesh. He keeps his glorified wounds. And he brings it into heaven. The promise of the resurrection is that we too will be raised up one day. We too, please God, will have our bodies in heaven. Our Lord going is a foretaste of this. It's the foreshadowing of exactly what will take place for those who are saved, for the righteous ones. The fact that it has already taken place in our Lord is an encouragement. The fact that it happens again in the assumption of our Blessed Mother, all the more. And so it's ours now to look forward to, to rejoice in what God has entrusted to the church here on earth, the power of great works, but especially of spreading the good news of the gospel and the salvation of souls. And the end of that gospel, the point of that gospel, is that we are not meant to stay here. We were made for heaven, not just in some kind of spiritual form where we're just nice glowing orbs bumping into each other here and there, but even in our own flesh. To be able to be in heaven and to see people whom we have known here on earth and to know them, to love them, to rejoice to see them again, to embrace them in love. Tremendous good news of the gospel. So as we come to celebrate this feast of the ascension of our blessed Lord, it is a time for us to allow our hearts to rejoice. To rejoice in the mission of the church which has been entrusted to every single one of us by virtue of our baptism. To rejoice in the goodness that our humanity is already in heaven. And to rejoice in the abundance of God's goodness and love that calls us to follow after him the same.